Good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to St. Michael's in the Morning, a podcast series encompassing everything from sermons and services to special audio presentations, brought to you by St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. For more information, or to make a donation to St. Michael's, please visit www.st-michaels.org. And Jesus said, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. So you may not know this about me, but a long time ago, before I was a priest, I was an entrepreneur. I started a small business in the fifth grade selling CDs, and given how expensive CDs were at the time, one could not be successful in this industry without a real competitive edge, which I found in a way that I now know was not legal. (laughs) There was a new company called Columbia House, still in business by the way, and they would mail you CDs on credit, meaning all I had to do was fill out a form, pretend to be my father, And less than a week later, 10 CDs would arrive in the mail without any money ever leaving my hands, which was perfect because I had no money. Now, 10 CDs was wonderful, but as I thought about it, it really wasn't enough. I really wanted more. And so I thought about it, and given their one account per address limit, if my business was to grow, I had to find other kids in the neighborhood with a little ambition and teach them my business model, which again was nothing more than a forged signature. Within three weeks, I had 14 employees. To participate, they had to agree to a 7-3 split. They kept three CDs and seven went to corporate headquarters, AKA my bedroom. Within two months, I had almost 100 CDs in my possession, and I was about to expand my business to the north side of town, but then something happened. Every parent in the neighborhood got a demand letter from Columbia House on the exact same day. The original invoices had all been hidden. So a plan was quickly made to sell the business, And because my younger brother was obsessed with this CD collection I had, I made him what I called a super secret proposal for $200, money that he had very intentionally saved from past Christmases and birthdays his whole life. I told Stephen he could have full ownership of the CDs with one small exception. They would need to stay under my control, and he could only listen to them with my permission. He was eight years old at the time. All that to say, my brother was given a fake title of ownership. I kept the CDs, pocketed the cash. The Ponzi scheme came crashing down in glory all at once, and the guilt was so great, I decided to become a priest. (laughs) But here's the reason I shared that little story from my childhood. For me, it speaks in a very humorous and human way to the greed that Jesus speaks of in today's gospel, to this desire alive within every human heart for more and more and more, that tendency to look at what we have and to believe that what we have 
isn't quite enough. It's like whenever John D. Rockefeller, the richest man alive, was asked, how much money is enough? And no one had more money than him. But he thought about the question, and his answer was, just a little bit more. But of course, do we not all know that impulse within our own heart, that desire for a little bit more, whether it's a little bit more money, a little bit more respect, more clients, more notoriety, more attention, or maybe we just want more stuff. I'm reminded of that great stand-up routine by the late George Carlin. Isn't that the whole meaning of life, he said, trying to find a place for your stuff? That's all your house is. It's a place to keep your stuff while you go out to get more stuff. His delivery was much better of that material. But statistically speaking, he was absolutely right. Consider, in 1950, the average American home was 983 square feet and had 3.37 people living in that home. In 2009, it was 2,700 square feet with only two and a half occupants, meaning that in 59 years, the average American home grew by 175%, while the average American family declined by 24%, which begs the question, what is it that now fills all that space? Well, presumably, more stuff. So in today's gospel, Jesus tells us that we are to be on the lookout for the way that greed is operating within our heart. And as I prayed over Jesus' words and spent some time with the passage this week, it occurred to me that behind what we often call greed, this desire we have for more and more and more, that behind this impulse is a very tender and childlike fear. A fear that there isn't enough, a fear that we are not enough, and a corresponding belief that if we only had more, you fill in the blank, if we only had more of what we desired, then and finally then, we would be enough. One of my favorite authors is Brene Brown. One of the things that she has consistently noted in her research is that American culture is defined by scarcity, meaning we all tend to move through our life hyper-aware, not of what we have, but of what we lack, right? We all tend to calculate what we have, what we don't have, what we want, and what everyone else has relative to what we have and want. But here's what's so fascinating about her research and working with the people she called the wholehearted. She says that the wholehearted know that the opposite of scarcity isn't abundance, but that the opposite of scarcity is enough. I'll say that again, that the opposite of scarcity isn't abundance, but that the opposite of scarcity is enough. The functional kitchen we have that 
we don't have the funds to remodel is enough. The working vehicle with the scraped up side is enough. The contribution that we make to this world by focusing on small hidden acts of kindness, that contribution is also enough. Forget abundance, she says. What would happen if everyone woke up tomorrow and made a decision that who we are and what we have is enough? And to put this idea of our enoughness in the context of this larger conversation we're having around extravagant generosity, there are two things I believe need to be said. First, extravagant generosity is rooted in a belief that who we are right now in the eyes of God is enough. We do not practice generosity to become enough. We practice generosity because in the eyes of God, we already are enough. And part of that means waking up to see that from God's perspective, and having you as God's daughter, and having you as God's son, that whenever God thinks of you, which is always, that God's awareness is not on what God lacks, but rather on the gift that God has. And I know that we're not perfect. I don't deny that we sin and that we have some growing edges, but the good news of the Christian gospel is always that those sins have been dealt with once and for all on the cross. Meaning that God does not view us through a lens of scarcity, but rather through the merits and mediation of his son, Jesus Christ. All fancy theological language I learned in seminary that points to a very basic truth that in the eyes of God, you are enough. But second, extravagant generosity, this idea isn't only that we are enough, but also that the gift that we have to give, the unique gift that you have to give to God, to the world, to this church, that your gift when given in faith, that it too is also enough. There's that old joke about the Sunday school teacher who asked her students if they would give a million dollars to the missionaries. Yes, they all screamed enthusiastically. Would you give $10,000 to support the missionaries? Yes, they all screamed. Would you give $1,000 to support the missionaries? Yes, they all screamed. Would you give $1 to support the missionaries? Yes, they all screamed, except for little Johnny who was very silent. And so the teacher asked him, why won't you give just $1 to support the missionaries? To which he replied, because I actually have a dollar. <laughs> when we talk about extravagant generosity, we're not talking about figuring out a way to give some sort of gift that we do not have. We're having a conversation about giving what we do have to give and knowing that our gift given to God in faith is always enough. And so with all that said, here's the question I want you to pray through this week. Where is it in your own life that you consistently tend to see 
lack? Another way of asking that question is, what is it that you want more of? Is it money, time, attention, respect, entertainment? In other words, where do you take a look at your life and slap that all-too-common knee-jerk label of not enough? And the question I want you to consider is, is that true? Is it true that there is not enough? Because as it says in the Gospel of John, from God's fullness we have all received. And so what would it mean for us to embrace this good news? The good news that God has withheld nothing, not even God's own Son, and that God richly provides everything we need for our enjoyment. Because here's the interesting thing about God. You know, there's a sense in which God is greedy, a sense in which God is greedy for you, always desiring just a little bit more, a bit more of our heart, and a bit more of our mind, and a bit more of our soul, and a bit more of our strength. And this will continually be God's desire until God has taken everything. And we know with certainty that what Jesus says in today's gospel is the absolute truth. That our life does not consist in the abundance of what we possess, but rather in the goodness and the generosity of the God who has always and will always possess us. Amen.